Welcome to a new episode of NY Just Fans with your host, Davin and Kyle. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Just Fans Podcast as we come to y'all with a new episode. Um, we see that the Just have started voluntary OTAs. Um, they building that chemistry. It's always a good feeling. But um, what's going on with you, Kyle? How you feeling today? Well, I'm doing okay. Yeah, I said, um, I said looking forward to hearing whatever's going to, you know, come out of um, the OTAs, you know, I'm glad to see that, you know, they have a lot of people participating, you know, even though it's voluntary. So that's, you know, definitely a good look. Right. And they, they saying that Zach Wilson done, done gained, gained some weight and that he was looking good yesterday in OTAs. They went uh, 10 of 11 for like over a hundred yards. Um, they saying sauce is looking good. Uh, I'm hearing some good things so far, Kyle. What, what you think? Yeah, as I said, so far so good. Um, I would say one of one of the more positive things, you know, um, I don't know if I spoke on it last week was um, but um, but CJ Uzma was saying that uh, you know, that he's he's happy to see some of the work ethic that he has, you know, from the the younger players, you know, you know, coming in early and staying late. So that's a, that's definitely a good sign to show that you know. Um, we have, you know, players that's going to be dedicated, you know, to put in the work, you know, so that we can uh, get the ship, you know, right. Right, exactly. Now, it's just one day at a time, man. Um, I'm tired I'm tired of this media disrespecting us, including uh, Stephen A. Smith talking about reserve that last place for the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what, I don't, like, stick, stick to what you know, basketball, you know, like football is just like, Something that he, that I get it. It's your job, but still, like, stick, stick to basketball, man. Yeah, I said, uh, I said, I, I understand, you know, you know, people looking down at the Jets from, you know, just the the history, at least, definitely the recent history. But you know, I think that statement was said more so looking at just the Jets and not looking at the whole state of, you know, the division. You know, with Miami having a, a, a rookie uh, head coach coming in and, you know, with, um, you know, New England still kind of trying to piece themselves together from, you know, having, you know, Tom Brady go. So to me, I think that is definitely, you know, a chance for at least, you know, to, to make it uh, competitive against those other teams, you know, right now only, solid team you know is buffalo but you know who mm-hmm. knows at the end of the day only thing it takes is you know one injury to josh allen and their whole season could change yeah but i know you don't heard mac jones done got lean and i think he weighed like 214 now i heard he really lost some weight yeah i wonder if it's uh, well <laughs> for him it might be a good thing because he wasn't the most um fit of of players you yeah. know, they they had, you know, jokes about him, you know, with his shirt being off and like literally just uh, looking like a 12 year old boy, a, a chubby 12 year old boy. So, you know, <laughs> maybe the, the, the weight loss was, you know, a, a good thing for him to, you know, to also um, get leaner and, and possibly gain a little muscle. Right. Um, just like I said, it was, it was just crazy. I saw I said, wow, Mac, Mac Jones actually looks looks good. But 
you know, we like we could def- we definitely gonna see what happens. But it's like I said, it's just good that the um the Jets are are actually you know building that chemistry as a team. Um, I know Beckton is not there, taking care of his taking care of his baby with his wife, and doing his thing. But I know in due time, you know, I know in due time, um, when when the mandatory OTAs come, he should be ready. Yeah, that's uh, so that's looking to be the case. You know, definitely a congrats to him on you know being a new father and stuff. You yes. know, you know, it was it was it's crazy because you know he took some heat from not coming into camp. You know, initially until people let it out to like you know his wife is you know expecting you know pretty soon. You know what I mean? Like we're talking about maybe two. Two and a half weeks after all those stories were coming out about him not coming to camp, so yeah, it just goes to show, you know, okay, yeah, no, he he had all the right to to stay where he was and just continue training where he was because of you know, you know, his wife's situation. Yeah, I I agree with you, and um, and and then I know you're hearing about Zach Wilson now. He weighs about two twenty one, which is which is crazy because <laughs> I didn't expect Zach Wilson to really take things serious. And I heard that um, he's, he's being more of a leader, you know, out, out there on the field, even though we're not seeing it for ourselves, but I'm hearing great things about Zach Wilson. Um, how you feel about the weight game? Uh, I, I definitely think it's, it's needed. Um, I would say just on the premise of, um, you know, you want to have your body in a certain uh, condition, you know, just to be able to take the the brutality of the sport, you know, um, and especially with him having some injury issues, it would probably help for him to have a little bit more muscle mass to, um, you know, just to help with the, the overall, uh, you know, conditioning of having to play the game. Right, and also he's going to be um, doing the, the tight end university thing. Yeah, with uh, George Kettle. Um, do do you do you know uh, any other tight ends that's supposed to be doing the uh, the thing? Because I know Josh Allen's supposed to be one. I know it's supposed to be Josh Allen, and I think uh, and I think Trey Lance is supposed to be the last quarterback. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I heard about that. Uh, I'm I'm on the fence with that. Uh, like I get the understanding of you know wanting to you know get reps in and stuff like that. But for me, I I don't like the idea of giving that one-on-one time with you know opposing imposing teams. Mm. You know, so they can get more, I guess, you know, studying of, you know, your habits and stuff like that in terms of, you know, just things that you're doing. Like, to me, I think that's, like, I understand the reps, but just giving away those little things, to me, uh, uh, I'm not too keen on. Mm, very interesting point, Kyle. Um, yeah, I'm about to say, I guess, you know, just like, uh, just like, just like I said, Zach Wilson is really trying to take this thing a little bit serious and, I feel like we'll we'll just see what happens, um, you know. But you know, I guess he wanted to do it, so all all hats off to him. Um, what I was going to say, 
Uh, oh, Tyler, Tyler Croft signed with the 49ers, so maybe he'll be there too. Um, I was shocked they actually signed him, but I think it was a decent signing for the 49ers. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely a good signing for them. Uh, I think he 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 will be a, a very serviceable, I would say, backup, you know, over there or playing, you know what I mean? Like, I, I definitely think that was a good move for them. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. Definitely a, a good backup, especially with like with um running plays, so he could be able to get them blocks. So yeah, that's that was definitely a good signing. Um, Clowney, Clowney basically <laughs> signed the one year deal with the Browns for eleven million dollars. Um, I he had he had offers for a multi year deal, but he chose the Browns. Um, which is kind of surprising. Um. Are you surprised with this sign with, with him signing back with the Browns? If not, if not, uh, if not, or if so, why? Um, I actually think that was a. Uh, I I understand the move, um, because at the end of the day, who wouldn't want, you know, to not be on the other side of um. Oh my gosh, uh, what's the other DN? That they are over there. <laughs> Miles <Yeah>. Garrett. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like who who wouldn't want to be, you know, on the other side of uh of Garrett, you know, in a defense, you know, and then like I said, they have uh Ward in the secondary and stuff like that. So I understand him probably making that choice um from just a defensive standpoint and wanting to be with that that team. Yeah. Um I mean, it is what it is, you know. Um, Clowney, Clowney could still make use of that defense. Uh, just like you said, it's still who wouldn't want to play with Miles Garrett. So I agree with you to that point. And, um, they still got problems, Baker Mayfield, even though he's not voluntary, um, you know, on the voluntary OTAs, I, I don't be honest with you. I don't expect them to be at mandatory neither. Less or less of, uh, Watson, you know, Watson gets, uh, suspended and Baker could show that he, he got something out there for uh, teams to look at them, you know, especially after this season coming up, because I don't think Baker Mayfield going nowhere. Yeah, at this point, it doesn't look like he's going to move. Um, only thing I can see possibly if um, maybe if there's an injury somewhere in the middle of the season and it was a, with a, a team that was doing well, you yeah. know, that they might bring him on. Um, right. You know, but as a, other than that, I don't see – you know, Cleveland necessarily needing to make a move. You know, they they to me, I think they can be patient with this, knowing, you know, that they have the Sean, even if he um has to sit out some games, that's still a a, a good safety blanket to say, okay, we have this caliber of quarterback that's gonna be on our team for the next couple of years. So right. they can like I said, they can be patient with Baker. Yeah, even though Baker's not gonna like it, but still, it is what it is. And if it if Watson does get suspended, Baker just gonna have to play and, and just show out, and maybe he'll get traded before the trade deadline. Um, if not, then wait till the season's over, and then do then you know sign with another team, and then figure it out from there. Um, speaking of quarterback, uh, Colin Kaepernick, wow. Um, is trying out for the Raiders uh, this week. Um, I know we haven't spoken about Colin Kaepernick in a while, so so I, I know you're gonna take the floor on this one, Kyle. How you feeling about this? <laughs> um, 
for the most part, like I said, uh, I, 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 I'm happy for him to, you know, forget the opportunity. Um, you know, just the way that he went out, I don't think it was necessarily a good thing, but, you know, I'm glad to see that he is getting an opportunity and, you know, is, but it's interesting to see, I guess, some of the people's takes on it, because I don't know if you saw, um, there was a post on Facebook that I, I tagged you in and the the person was saying that how they didn't understand uh, why the Raiders would bring him in for anything because they had signed um, uh, five pick Peterman. And I was like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> like that's what you're making on? Like, because they signed Peterman or had him, you know, brought in Peterman last year. That's that's who you're really banking on to be, you know, the backup for, for Carr. Like, right. That's that's crazy to me to think that after all this time and seeing all this tape that people actually think um uh Peterman is a viable quarterback in this league, even in a backup role. Right. I definitely agree with you. And um, good thing is for Colin Kaepernick is that for one, he stayed in shape for two. Uh, he's, he's probably ready for the uh, ready for moments like this. And for three, just in, you know, just in case, even if he signs as a backup, it's still good that they finally got got that out the way after the, you know, controversy of what happened years and years ago. And that, you know, we could finally say, well, this is over. Colin possibly signed, and even even if even of him getting the tryout is still a, a start for for him, just in general, you know. Right, you know, and I was saying just looking, I, I just checked to make sure. Uh, actually, as I said, they have um, uh, Nick Mullins as the 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 second guy. So interesting. Um, I am. At this point, maybe he can come in as the third guy because the third guy is um, um, Jared Stidham. I think mm. he was. I think he was on um. Was he on the New England? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, he was he's trash. In, yeah, he's he's in he's uh with the Raiders now. So like, you know, depending on. Uh, what type of um, condition he's in and what he's able to do. Um, maybe he can get on as, you know, as that, as that third spot and maybe they can do some packages with him based on, you know, his uh, mobility and stuff. So. Right. right. And also going to depend on the pre, like I said, if he, if they decide to sign him, it's also going to depend on the preseason games. Even though you play with the third stringers, maybe the second stringers, you know, it's, it still gives him the possibility to show that, to show if he if he still got it or not. Right. Now I would say the only the only other I would guess say big issue, uh, with that would be, you know, whether they feel that he might be a distraction. But I would say if anything, uh the Raiders would be the perfect organization for that because they're known for having certain distractions on their team. You know, they've, they've brought in players like that before. So to me, I think they're, they're unfazed by that, you know, that aspect. So 
the Raiders would probably be his best la- chance of landing a spot. Mm. Yeah, that's very interesting. You know, and, and when we figure out more on that with Colin Kaepernick, uh, we definitely will let y'all know. But since we're talking about quarterbacks, last but not least, let's talk about Nick Foles. Um, he signed with the Colts for a two-year deal. Um, he's definitely going to be the backup for Matt Ryan. For me, I think this is a good signing because for Nick Foles, I, <laughs> it's just funny because when the quarter when this just seems like the starting quarterback is injured, it seems like Nick Foles is there for the rescue. Shout out to you, Nick Foles. I still didn't forget what you did on for the Bears against uh, Jamal Adams and the Seahawks uh, <laughs> to make that draft pick possible for us. So shout out to you, Nick Foles. Um, yeah, but Nick Foles is definitely the backup guy, and if you need somebody that can give you a game, two, maybe three, Nick Foles is that guy. So I definitely um, like the signing for the Colts. Yeah, agreed. Um, as I said, he, like you like you've mentioned before, he's definitely been you know that guy to come in in a pinch and and be able to um, you know be able to be successful. You know, and I think definitely with the Colts, the 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 team that they have that he would, um, you know, he would be um, taken over if anything was to happen to Ryan is, um, you know, saying very good offensively. So it's for him, it's mean, it's really just for him to make the throws, you know, and to just to run the offense, you know, efficiently. He's not, he's not going to really need to do anything uh, extraordinary you know, for that team because of the offensive pieces they have. And also he'll be, he'll be right there with his coach, Frank Wright, which makes, which makes perfect sense. You know, you see that chemistry that they had in, in Philadelphia when they won the um, Super Bowl. So right. I'm just thinking this was, this was wonderful. I felt like they should have gotten them last year when uh, Carson Wentz was messing up on um, the last two games and, Nick Foles probably could have been the guy that saved saved the coach season. I hate to say it, but <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, 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 he definitely has that on his resume, so it yes. definitely makes sense. Yeah, so now it's making sense, but I think I think the coach did the right thing. Um and we definitely will see see what happens. Like I said, they got they got they got the pieces, you know. All, all, it, all it takes is for the quarterback to make the right plays. They definitely got the O-line. They got the running back. They got a few wide receivers. Um, I don't know about T.Y. Hilton's situation. I heard that um, the Colts want to sign him back, but I'm hearing a few other teams might want to sign him. So, you know, we'll keep an eye out on that. And they still got Pittman and a couple other fellows. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely we'll see what happens with the Colts, man. It's, it's, it's very exciting. Um the commanders what will they will they have a new stadium soon in virginia this is this is very weird to me kyle because i say this is because they was in dc i live in maryland for anybody that wants to know um i was born and i was i was born and raised in new york so let's not let's not get this messed up um but i have lived in maryland for about 10 years uh they was in DC when I I think when they was just transitioning to um to Maryland, out here in uh Largo Largo Maryland. Now they talk about moving to Virginia. Like why? Like if you're the DC Commanders, like you might as well just change change the whole name at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, I said I don't know if there's something that we can uh 
as Jet fans can can really beef about right. being that we're a New York team playing in New Jersey. But <laughs> oh man, yeah, you you're right, you're right. <laughs> but but still, we're not far away from at least you're not far away from New York. We're yeah. like in the seven mile radius. Like Virginia is a whole is a whole nother state. Right. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole nother state. And it's and it's just weird. <laughs> well, maybe they, they are making that move, or you know, there might be a situation where um there might be a situation where uh you know the team ownership might be exchanging hands so they're looking to um you might be looking to uh use that as leverage to possibly get more money you know if he has to um sell the team i've heard that you know they were they were looking at possibly voting that way to to, you know have new ownership so you know at the end of the day um you know dc if anything they can, you know, if they don't want to stay with the commanders, you know, maybe they can latch on to the to the Ravens. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh man. And speaking of Ravens, that's a good point, Colin. Speaking of Ravens, um, Kyle Fuller uh signed, signed with the Ravens uh, on a one-year deal. Um, how you how you feel about that one? I know he's not the, the guy that he was with the Bears, but um I feel like they 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 got a little bit of leverage with him, maybe a two, maybe a three, or maybe a guy that could come off the bench and do some things. Yeah. Um at this point, I said I'm I'm not too I said I'm not sure exactly um where where I see the 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 bears um at this year in terms of you know what they're gonna be able to do. You know their um their situation. You know in terms of uh you know it's like with the quarterback and just the offense. You know. You know the team and stuff in general. Like you, to me, they're they're definitely uh, up in the air. To me, in terms of uh, what to expect from them. So mm. some of the moves that they're 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 making, mm-hmm. I could possibly be good but i i don't i think that they need so much you know what i mean in terms of maybe getting that their their you know their team turned around that i don't know if a, a signing like a fuller you know even makes uh makes much difference you know i mean yeah but not the same time like i said it's, it's you know, we'll, we'll we could definitely see what happens. I just feel like either way, you know, it needs it, it had it had to be done. I mean, not not for the Bears per se, but for the Ravens per se. <laughs> but I just know that I just know that Kyle Fuller was doing this thing with the Bears, and now and now that he's doing, yeah, I'm bugging. <laughs> yeah, it's it's okay, but but even 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 we can speak on the Bears case because the Bears because the Bears are. They 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 in a whole different situation. I just know Kyle Fuller before he was with the before he was uh before he was with the Broncos, you know, he was doing good with the Bears with uh Vic Fangio. 
and now and and we never even heard of him like that. I don't know if he got injured or what was his case, but both right, right. with the Ravens defense, it will work. It will kind of work out. I still think that they problem is still a wide receiving, but you know they uh, people got high hopes on um what's the name uh, uh, Rashad Bateman. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so we so I'm I'm hoping for that because if not, then this this seems like it's gonna mess up Lamar Jackson the contract situation too. Oh, I could have swore that they had someone else. Um from the wide receiver. Matter of fact, yeah, Sammy Watkins. Yes. Uh, Was it Sammy Watkins? No, because Sammy Watkins didn't he just he's not with the Packers. So I don't think they have I don't think they have anybody else as of right now. Yes, Watkins was on the Ravens, and then, uh, oh, that's what they drafted. Um, Taylor Wallace. Ah, got you. That's what it was. They drafted Wallace. Um, so yeah, like in terms of the Ravens, like they different. That's a, that's a whole different scenario. You know yes, what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely a whole different scenario. Um, because the Ravens definitely have um a team in place, so that adding someone like him, like there, that makes sense to their depth. You know what I mean? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. It definitely makes sense to add him in terms of the depth piece because they they already have uh, a formidable uh team on both sides of the ball from from a starter standpoint. You know, yeah. and I said it did pretty well in the draft. Like that secondary is definitely going to be something to to see in terms of um, you know, with uh, with them drafting Hamilton and still having you know people like uh, Peters and and Humphreys back there. So, uh, oh, and they also uh, Marcus Williams. So there's definitely something there. There'll be a, a team to watch and seem uh, in regards to see what they do with their new pieces. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you. And before we go on to the break, last, last, uh, last quick take. Um, I heard that uh, they, they might be getting rid of the Pro Bowl game uh, to have a day of celebration with the players. How you feel on that? Um, I understand it. Honestly, yeah. I think <laughs> that, um, they can do away with the game and have it be more of those um, player challenges and have the money be done that way you know whoever wins the those those player challenges uh you know gets the the, the larger share and the loser gets the smaller share or however they want to do it but i think the, the game itself doesn't even really need to be played right and they need to and i think in my opinion they need to do something back then to where they did skill challenges for 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 money maybe they need to just do that for charity which will make it more exciting you know Get like some starting quarterbacks or some starting wide wide receivers, running backs here and there. Um, actually do some skill challenges like how they did back in the uh the early nineties, mid nineties, to where they was throwing the ball. You know who could throw the ball the longest and <laughs> you know and uh, precision pass challenges and everything like that. Just just for example, but I would love to see that. I don't know if y'all would like to see that, but I would love to see that better better than uh, watching the game. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think I would <laughs> definitely prefer that. Yeah, exactly. Um, we'll be right back. When we come back, we uh, we'll have a special guest for you.
welcome back to the episode. Of course, you know, I said I got a special guest for y'all. Um, he he joined us before, but you know, he's a he's a great buddy of mine. You know, I send him a message every now and then. We will speak on a speak on a good topic, but um, but he also knows his football stuff. Uh, uh we got Garrett from Football Analysts. If you if you know who he is, uh 40,000 subscribers on the on the YouTube. Over forty thousand subscribers, You're still doing this thing. Uh, what's going on, Gavin? Welcome back. What a what a nice intro. It's uh, it's all good. I'm glad to be back. And since our last meeting, the Jets they had a pretty good draft. They had a uh, a pretty good draft. All in all, I'd say. Yeah, I I think I agree with you on that one because I I don't think nobody expected the Jets to do what they what they done. Um, cause that was my first question to you. So I'm glad that you spoke on that. Um, I, I definitely wasn't expecting them to, to say, okay, we're going to drive sauce. We kind of spoke on that, but I didn't expect them to go with Garrett Wilson and, um, Jermaine Johnson. Even they was talking about, they was trying to trade up for Brees Hall, uh, which we'll speak about Brees Hall in a second. So, um, how do you feel about the Garrett Wilson and the Jermaine Johnson uh, draft from the Jets? Yeah, for Garrett Wilson, I thought, and even Sauce Gardner, I thought the board, I don't want to say didn't break in their favor per se, because they got two, really three good football players in the first round. And I think Sauce, with the selection of Stingley at three, it really surprised them. I don't think they were expecting that, and I don't think anyone was until the day before. But with Garrett Wilson, I thought the game plan would have been to go in and get a big body, but Drake London was already off the board at eight. And at that point, I think Joe Douglas was like, look, we saw what we did with Sam Darnold. Garrett Wilson is, I don't know about a Pro Bowl receiver just because of how many good receivers there are in the AFC, but he's a very talented football player and let's do any and everything possible to continue on what we've been doing to build around our young quarterback and Zach Wilson. Yeah. Go right ahead, Kyle. Yeah, I would say I definitely uh, agree with that. Um, Me personally, I wasn't too um, keen on uh, Drake London, uh, I definitely saw him as, you know, a, a big body, like um, possession type guy. Uh, but I, I just felt like where we were positioned, um, drafting him at any of those spots would have been a little bit too high just for my liking. Um, but I'm definitely, uh, I would say, please, you know, overall with our draft um, being that, you know, a lot of people are stating that, you know, with at least the first four picks, um, we have got potentially the best player at um, each one of those respective positions. Yeah, no, the Jets, the Jets definitely killed it. I, I Jermaine at 10 wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world. In my opinion, I don't think it would have been the worst thing they could have done. But when Garrett Wilson was there, it was and Jermaine with the unexpected slide, you always have one or two players uh, Jermaine and Malik Willis, in this case, they just slid. And Jermaine, when he was there, at, you know, the later part of the first round, we're talking about a guy that had been mocked at times to the Giants at seven. And even when people would get a little crazy, they might even mock Jermaine at four to the Jets just because 
uh, KT, Aiden, and Trayvon would have been already off the board. So we're talking about a guy that, I mean, occasionally would have been mocked in the top five, but the Jets hit a home run with all four of their first picks with both value and the actual talent of the football players they received. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you on that one, man. Um, I kind of wasn't expecting the Brees Hall pick. I think I wanted uh, the Jets to draft a linebacker, but we, we can speak on that another time. <laughs> but um, I did told you the Trayvon Walker to the Jaguars was going to happen, man. I think I think you said that was that was going to be the bonehead move for the for the GM. <laughs> um, <laughs> How, how did you feel about just just in general? We could just speak to the NFL in general. Um, how you felt about about that pick, and um, did they did you felt like they they made up with the other draft picks that they had? Yeah. So the more the more and more that I've thought about it, you know, we're about a we're about a month post draft now. The more this is going to obviously sound cliche because as people, you guys know this, you you generally want to project the best for people and that's no different with draft prospects and as more of I've thought about it you know you draft to win your division and when you look at the AFC South they don't have I mean they're not the AFC West right they don't have Russell Wilson Mahomes uh Justin Herbert and Derek Hart they don't have those guys right Mm. and I might I actually might have mispronounced the name thinking too far ahead but Trayvon Walker is a great run defender. You have to stop Jonathan Taylor, who's a 23-year-old running back, and you have to stop Derrick Henry, who probably would have had another 2,000-yard season last year. And the Jags don't accidentally, you know, you don't trip and stumble into a 4-29 and record over the past two years. So if they think that's the best way to win their division, to make that step, by all means. I, I'm still not in love with it, but I, I have you know, kind of talked myself into understanding their thought process with it, because there's still a chance that Trayvon can be a 12, 14, 15 sack player a year down the road. Yeah. I think that just the draft in, in, in general, I think after the Jets pick at number four, things started really started getting real interesting. Um, go right ahead, Kyle. Yeah, I was like, I wasn't too surprised at this um at the move because I felt that um they would have most likely have plugged him in uh on that that right end side because from um from the linebacker side you know they still had um uh Josh Allen and they had um you know drafted Chase on from before so to me drafting you know, someone like a KT or or Hutchison, which are um, slightly smaller guys. I think they're both around, uh, you know, 260. Um, I thought that, you know, um, Walker was a, a better fit being a, a bigger guy to play in that 3-4 um, that scheme for them. Yeah, absolutely. It was just – it was crazy because three months ago right now, we're right around the combine, and we're talking about Trayvon Walker, fringe first-round pick, and here we are effectively 90 days later, and we're talking about the Jags walking out of the first round with Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd. And I think 90 days ago right now, everybody would have, you know, been like, they fall and bang their head or something? Do they slip and fall? Like, how, how do they walk out of the first round with, with just these guys, right? Yeah. But uh, I think Devin Lloyd is – I don't want to say Darius Leonard 2.0 because that's extremely, extremely lofty. And 
Darius is on a Hall of Fame trajectory in his own career path. But Devin Lloyd's playing style reminded me a lot of Darius Leonard. And if you walk out with a great run stopper who could potentially be a 14 or 15 sack player along with even Darius Leonard light, I think that's a hell of a start to building the defense with in addition to already having Josh Allen. I definitely agree with you on that one. So other than the Jags and the, um, the Jets per se, um, what, what teams you got as your biggest winners and losers of that draft and why? So first off, biggest winners can't not start with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they get Kyle Hamilton of 14. And there's a reason why over the past debt, I mean, really since they've been in existence, but more specifically the past decade and a half, they are successful year in and year out. And really the la- the only two times in the John Harbaugh era that they finished below 500, half their team, that's not an exaggeration, by the way, half their team has ended up on IR. They were down to like running back six and seven and they let the board fall to them. They get Kyle Hamilton. They trade Marquise Brown for a first round pick. And I, I got to be honest with a player in Marquise Brown, who's not bad by any means, mm-hmm. but a player who you're going to have to pay. I mean, if you trade a first round pick for Marquise Brown and you're their Arizona Cardinals, you have to pay him now. Right. Yeah. But it didn't just stop with receiving a first round pick for Marquise Brown. They also took one of the best interior linemen that we've seen in the past, in the, you know, the past four or five years in Tyler Linderbaum, oh, man. And even Ravens fans would agree. Their offensive line hasn't quite been the same since Marshall Yonda retired, but you know, you don't just get Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum. Oh, by the way, you can still get David Ajabo, who's going to be around for a playoff run this year. And if they don't have half their team miss the season again, you know, miss the rest of the season, David Ajabo is going to be there, you know, going to be getting after those, those quarterbacks in the AFC. And then Travis Jones, a big nose tackle. Of course, they have Michael Pierce right now. But everything the Ravens did, I loved. And they, they, uh, they, they lost Sam Cook recently. He retired. But they even drafted a punter, you know, knowing that that was probably on the horizon. And Sam had uh, probably already informed them of that. And what I think is kind of just a minor detail, but not even as small of a, as a position of a punter is in the position of value it has. I don't think other players in other organizations that aren't as well run as the Ravens would have done that. Right. Yeah. And another big winner that I, th- I thought was the Kansas City Chiefs, mainly not as good as the Ravens just because the Ravens had probably a once in a four or five year type draft, but the chiefs got value everywhere. Yeah, I agree with you, especially the, uh, the sky more draft pick. Um, that, that, that they, they, you know, losing Hill, they definitely needed that wide receiver, even if they got Juju, which I'm not, uh, kind of big on like how he was in this, I guess his first couple of years, but, you know, just having a guy like him, man, Patrick Mahomes will find a way to get you that ball. And, yeah, the Chiefs have uh, – but the Ravens, I was so upset because I was like, yeah, we could get Tyler Linderbaum. And then somebody right. said, the Ravens got him. And I was like, right. how is that possible? Yeah, yeah. How is that possible? Like, the Ravens – I mean, the Ravens have been having good draft class every year. They find a way to get these good guys – even at the bottom, you know, the bottom 20s, <laughs> they found a way to get these good plays. Like, how is that possible? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Go right ahead, Kyle. 
Now, so I definitely agree with that because like even, you know, some, some of the later picks, um, you know, the two tight ends and um, Charlie. Um, Charlie uh, Cole. Yeah, that was yeah. a good and, Isaiah Likely. Yeah. Isaiah Likely, yeah. Like I was definitely like knowing how they use their tight ends, you know, in that system, like getting two guys like that, I felt was um, definitely, you know, a, a, some good pickups for them, you know, and not to also mention, you know, the big massive mountain of a man, uh, oh, wow. you know, the offensive tackle. <laughs> uh, that said, yeah, I, I definitely can, can't agree with you more on, uh, on Baltimore's, uh, you know, draft, you know, draft picks this year, definitely did their thing. I would say, um, what was your, your take on your, on your Vikings? How did, how did you feel about their draft overall? So with, with the Vikings, Oh, they started off, they traded back from 12 to 32. And the, that's what everybody's going to remember and discuss about the 2022 Minnesota Vikings NFL draft. Not <laughs> only do you trade back from 12 to 32 with a division rival, you also undersell. And my biggest thing isn't that I think Quezzy sold out. I mean, I do, I do think that, don't get me wrong. But my biggest thing is the precedence that it sets moving forward, right? Like what if the Vikings this year, hypothetically, we have a relatively easy schedule compared to other teams in the NFC. What if we go 11 and six and we're picking it pick 25 next year. And you guys want to come up from wherever I was, I was not you guys. Cause I was going to say like pick like 35 implying you'd be bad, but we'll say just any team that's picking in 35, 36, they want to come up to get whoever, they're going to lowball really the crap out of out of Quezzy at that point just because, oh, hey, he's a pushover. We saw what he did for a division rival. And the thing is, is the players that we selected with those picks, safety Lewis Seen from Georgia and corner Andrew Booth from Clemson through another trade, they could turn out to be starters and pro bowlers, but it's always going to be the precedent that, oh, Quezzy's a pushover and we can trade. And that's kind of a legacy thing. And that's not what I liked. That's not what you like to see from your first year GM. Yeah. And I just think that I just think just in my opinion, I, I just felt like when you have that number 12 pick, I felt like you could still get something out of that deal, whether it's 32 or whatever, you know, right. It's like with the Eagles and the, and the saints, they, they done made this trade in the Saints. I did not expect them to get um, Olave, but yeah. it seems like it just worked out for both of them, especially the Eagles, which I think shocked shocked the world with the AJ Brown trade. Right. I don't think nobody expected that to happen. But in and on top of that, I think the Eagles won too. I think they had a good draft as well. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. The Eagles come out with a Pro Bowl caliber receiver for pick what 18 and, and 101 or 18 and I think I think it was 18 and 101 for really pennies on the dollar sure you got to pay them but you're not paying a quarterback right now you know you have Jalen Hurts on the rookie contract you get a mountain of a man in Jordan Davis who is one of my favorite prospects in the entire draft who does he get to learn under for probably the first two or three years of his career even if they have different playing styles he gets to learn under Fletcher Cox who's Probably not a Hall of Famer just because that's, you know, very prestigious uh, for a defensive tackle to make, but the Hall of very good. And Jordan Davis has physical traits and simply physical capabilities that not a lot of football players have. And then they get Cam Jurgens, a center in the second round, who current Eagles center Jason Kelsey uh, on Bleacher Reports 
live coverage. He was he was one of the guest analysts that they had. He said over the past couple of years, as the Eagles have been looking to replace him, that out of any of the center prospects that have came through, he reminds him most of himself. So you're looking at the Eagles draft. You have a multiple time 1000 yard receiver. You get a physical freak of a defensive tackle in a division where teams run the football. Again, you generally draft to beat your division opponents and you get a probable starter at a position that's certainly not easy to get a quality starter in at center. How many really quality centers are there across the league? Oh, and by the way, you take a shot, you know, you take a grand slam or strikeout mentality swing at Nicobe Dean, who is once mocked to them at times with any of their first round picks in the top 20 before they traded with the saints. I mean, it's, that's an a plus really a plus plus draft for the Philadelphia Eagles. I definitely agree with you. And then they signed James Bradbury. Um, yeah. The Eagles should be at a, at a win now position. Um, it's all going to depend on Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, right. but yeah. they, they definitely in the win, win now situation. Go, go right ahead, Kyle. My apologies. No, no, I, I was just going to definitely uh, co-sign everything you're saying. Like it, it's funny how a couple of moves here and there can literally just change the, the outlook on on a team you know because definitely um Jordan Davis is somebody that I was hoping that you know at one point uh the Jets would pick up because I was just uh, lawing over the idea of Davis and Quentin Williams playing next to each other like to me I think that would have just you know wreaked havoc on you know opposing offensive lines you know because you oh, yeah it's like a pick your poison thing who do you double team Right, you know. and then Carl Lawson coming back this year and then potentially even another pass rusher, which they eventually got in Jermaine. But, yeah, no, I'm with you. It was it was fun to, to think about Jordan Davis in that defense. Yeah, and then, like you said, the um, Kobe Dean, I, I, I know he's had issues in terms of them talking about um, an injury that he had or whatever, but honestly, um, taking a swing at him in the third round, you know what I mean? Like, to me, uh, that's – they're probably going to get better value out of Dean than um, Baltimore might get out of um, uh, Ojave, you know, because, you know, we know that uh, he's going to be gone for a while with that uh, Achilles injury, you know, um, Dean could probably, you know, based on the severity of his injury, you know, be more of a, a factor earlier than, than him. And they got him at a later pick. So, you know, that might be definitely something, you know, to keep an eye on for them to see what they actually can get out of him. Yeah, absolutely. 2022, just the draft, it was funky. I mean, there were, there were reaches seemingly everywhere. There were steals seemingly everywhere. And for Howie Roseman, I mean, the narrative is he sucks and Eagles fans want his head on a stick. I mean, he hit it out of the park and then some with this draft, they were, probably a top two or three biggest winner when it's all said and done from this draft class. Yeah, and I definitely agree with you on that one. Um, speak, speaking on not just the draft, but um, let's speak on some players real quick. Um, just just from your opinion, because I know you do a lot of videos, not just on draft, but also the players. Um, what three players you, you, you think could have an, an improved season improve uh season for this upcoming season just think just in your opinion just just the three players 
So I, I want to start with a player. Is this going to be, you know, I'm assuming this is everything's going to work out. Um, Jerry Judy, that's to me going, I mean, he's going to be a player that I think is going to have a big year. He has 90 career catches right now. He hasn't exactly had a good quarterback situation in the first two years of his career. And that's really putting it nicely with Drew Locke with, I mean, they had Kendall somebody for a game, Kendall Hinton, it might've been um, when they had COVID across the room and they had like a receiver playing quarterback. So it's been, yeah. I mean, it's, it's laughable. Like looking back, it's been, yeah. yeah, yeah right. Um, and then you said it earlier with Jalen hurts. I mean, he has, everything a quarterback needs like there's there's no more oh well whatever the pressure of philly the whatever there, there's no more excuses you have aj brown you have Devonte smith who's probably going to be a 1000 yard receiver you have dallas goddard and you have miles sanders and nick sirianni is i mean there's been times where he's not he hasn't been a great play caller but i'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt when you have better weapons to work with this year than what you did last um let's go you said three this might be a little bit of a cop-out but did you say improvement because i was gonna say christian watson Mm, that's interesting but christian christian was going to be the guy that i was going to take just because he's you know the the drops to me aren't that big of a deal you're six four it's not like your hand size is a problem how many six four people have you met that you know, that I've hands smaller than Kenny Pickett, right? So it's, you know, it's going to be concentration. You're going to have Aaron Rodgers throwing you the football. It's not, you know, you're not going from North Dakota State to Sam Darnold. You're going from North Dakota State to a player that has four MVPs. You're going to a quarterback that has literally more MVPs than Tom Brady. So Christian Watson, if that's if that's one. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Um, you know, one of my picks, per se, would be uh, Rashad Bateman from uh, – from the Ravens um, because they lost a uh, Hollywood Brown, you know, they still need the number one, that number one wide receiver and hopefully Bateman will have that thousand yard, you know, receiving, receiving. Yeah. Um, I remember um, on, on one of your episodes, you was talking about Hollywood Brown because of um, Hopkins and uh, Hopkins knife injury is uh PEDs and he's going to be out for the first eight games of the season. I know I remember you were speaking on Hollywood Brown having a big year. I think, I think it was a good, over if I remember 1300 uh receiving yards and like close to 10 touchdowns if I if I recall yeah absolutely that's I appreciate that by the way no but Hollywood is in for the first I mean you can even say the whole year he's in a great situation he's going to a quarterback where they have already connected for over a thousand yards at, at the collegiate level he's not going to a guy that he has zero chemistry with and he was on pace last year before Lamar went down for, I don't remember what it was, but it was like 1300 yards and 12 touchdowns. And then when a former MVP quarterback went down with injury, not surprisingly, his production really fell off a cliff. Uh, no pun intended because he's going to Cliff Kingsbury, but you're going, he's going to an offense that very much favors him that did not in Baltimore from a statistical standpoint, he's going to, a team with a quarterback that he already has chemistry with. Oh, and by the way, you know, you factor all those in and then the best receiver on the team is out for the first six or seven weeks. So he's going to be without a doubt, the top guy for the first month and a half of the year. Right. I mean, I just, I just don't see any (laughs) way where he's not productive right out of the gate. 
Right. And I definitely agree with you on that one. Where are the heck up? Um, I would say it's, I guess, speaking on, I guess, like the surprise, um, you know, the surprisingly good players, I, I would say, um, is there a specific team that you would think um, from both on, on both sides, one that you would say would be a surprise this year to do better than what people expect them to do, and one team that you think would probably not do as good as what um, they're expected? It's a great question. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do the team first. The team that I think that's go- oh sorry you said team that's not gonna do good. I'm sorry I had a team right. that's yeah, that's so- going to do good. Um, right. I so I a team that's not going to do as well. I feel like you have to take one in the AFC West just because you're not gonna. I mean, you can't have four 13 win teams. Like you can't, right? Um, as for which one specifically, boy, I've been in hot water with them before, and that's that's the Raiders. I don't want to take them, but to me, I think Derek Carr is the fourth best quarterback in that division. So I feel like you. Mm. You'd have to take the Raiders based on that. Um, But a team that I think is going to be boom or bust, they could be 12 and five. Wouldn't surprise me. They could be, I don't think they'd be five and 12, but seven and 10 for everything that they've given up would be very disappointing. And that's the Arizona Cardinals. They started out last year. I think they were, they might've been seven and oh, I think I'm pretty sure they were six and oh, but they were one of the quietest undefeated teams we've seen in NFL history. And then they fell off a wagon and got beat by 23 points in their only playoff game. I mean, granted they did lose to the future champions, but my concerns with the Cardinals is they're going to start out hot. Like, like every cliff Kingsbury coach team does. And this dates back to when he coached Patrick Mahomes, at Texas tech and Teams are going to figure Cliff out like they've done every year, even with the addition of Marquise Brown. And then you're going to have a team and a quarterback receiver tandem and Kyler Murray, Marquise Brown, who's averaging maybe 100, 120 yards a game. And then, oh, by the way, DeAndre Hopkins comes back. Maybe you piss Hollywood off just because we have to feed the other guy. And that you you see where I'm going with this, like kind of one thing leads to another. And then, oh, Kyler wants a contract within all this. Hollywood wants a contract within all this. I think the Arizona Cardinals, it's very much boom or bust. Yeah. So this is very interesting for me. And I think, I think one team that, that's actually I'm, I'm actually going to say not for this year, but for next year, I think they're going to be on a losing season because if you really look at um, which I know that you already pay attention to Garrett is um, the next year's uh, quarterback draft class. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I'm hearing six or seven quarterbacks might be going in the first round and it's a lot better than this, this draft that, that we uh, recently, that they recently had. And one team is the Giants. I, I I say the Giants, they had a decent draft, but this is this is like a um this like you said, a boom or bust for uh Daniel Jones. Um yeah, even though we was hearing about Saquon Barkley uh might might be on the trade market, but I feel like Daniel Jones don't do good. Then I, I just think that they're gonna find some way to try to get one of these quarterbacks in the next draft because because I'm hearing a I'm hearing a lot of good things about this next year's draft of quarterbacks. Absolutely. And the thing is, is what's what hurts Daniel Jones 
is he's not general manager Joe Shane's guy. Like Joe didn't take this job as the GM. He definitely had this conversation with the mayors and was like, look, like flat out, if we go out and finish four and 13 this year, because Daniel Jones sucks, you know, for lack of a better word, we're not going to be fired. Right. And they were, I'm sure they were assured. I mean, unless they go like, Oh, and 17 lose 40 points every game. They're, they're going to be fine. And that's so Daniel Jones is very much after he's going to be 2023 long-term starter for the New York giants or the start to a journeyman quarterback. Mm. And you have to give it up to even the previous giants regime for doing everything in their power to build around Daniel Jones. It just didn't work out the way we've seen it with other teams work out like the chiefs and bills and Bengals, for example. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. Go right ahead, Kyle. Yeah. I say I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking, you know, in terms of uh, one of the surprise teams, I think it's going to do better than people expect this year. Um, I'm, I'm going to say the Saints. Because I, I know that they're going to have, you know, Jameis Winston at, at quarterback or whatever, but I'm I'm also looking at the rest of the division because outside of Tampa, uh, Carolina is still up in the air in terms of what they're going to do at quarterback. Oh, and, yeah. and if you, you, you know, guys, Atlanta, I feel like, oh, sorry, sorry. I, I just feel like if you guys as Jets fans know, if you're up in the air about quarterback, you know, it's not good. Yes, yeah, it's right. definitely <laughs> not good. It's definitely Myself as a Vikings fan too, for that matter. <laughs> Yeah, that's a definitely. And then, you know, you look at Atlanta with Mariota's, the, you know, the starter, I think they have him over there. So, like, to me, um, the Saints can definitely take advantage of, you know, that situation. And, you know, as far as the team, I don't think it's going to do as good as people think uh, or they might be expected. Um, for me, is I think it's going to be the Dolphins. Um, being that they're they're bringing in a new um, head coach, and I just think because of the the two different styles of the coaches that they have, you know, they're going from um, Flores to the guy they have now, and I, I think their philosophies are going to um, they're going to show in terms of what type of productivity that team is going to be able to come about. Yeah, the speaking speaking on the Dolphins, what worries me about their future, and this is definitely going to be something that I'm going to pay attention to, is look at Kyle Shanahan, but the the guy Mike McDaniel's coached under for the past decade. Everywhere hmm. Kyle's went, has there been success? Yes, but and this is a big but for Tua Tagovailoa. It takes year two, year three before you truly start to see it. I mean, in 2017, 49ers weren't a good football team. 2018, they were on the verge of becoming one. But in 2019, that third year is when you really saw night and day difference. And that's when they went to the Super Bowl. And Tua doesn't have year three of Mike McDaniel's career for it to be successful. Like Tua needs it to be successful now. And so do the Dolphins, given what they gave up to get Tyreek Hill. So that's going to be one thing I'm really paying attention to because they also have, excuse me, they have a couple good pieces on defense. I love Jalen Phillips. I think he's going to cause not only you guys problems, but the rest of the AFC problems for a long while. And there's pieces on this team, but can they put it all together in year one when historically you know, it's shown that it takes year two, late year two, year three, to truly, fully see the results of the work put in. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. Before we let you go, um, Gary, I think the last team we need to speak on is the 49ers, which is very confusing, not just the 49ers, but also the Browns, because they it's very confusing in that quarterback uh, controversy, right. especially with uh, Garoppolo, um, just, just finished helping out the team, just finished helping out the team um, close to a Super Bowl. And not just that, uh, Baker Mayfield possibly could could be a starter, maybe, but uh, it's a little up and down with him. And now that they got Deshaun Watson, um, it seems like they both are not going nowhere. Um, how how do you feel about that situation, and, and where do you think it, it could lead for uh, both teams per se? Yeah, so we'll get the we'll get the Browns out of the way first, just because that's a little more messy, just with the pending legal situation with Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Um, here's I, I it's I think it's a big difference between the two. Um, Baker, right, wrong, or indifferent, he's probably going to be a Brown just because the Browns already made the trade for Watson. They they gave up zero or excuse me, they gave up all the leverage they possibly had with Baker. So they, they can't do anything. I mean, Baker's not going to show up. Baker's not going to do this and that. And I don't blame him, by the way, for them to trade three first-round picks after, you know, you have an injury-riddled season. I'd be a little pissed off because, you know, he led them to their first playoff win, what probably this millennium, just a year ago when he was healthy. And then they just sold out, right? So I think Baker's going to stay a Brown, and I think he's eventually – as crazy as it sounds, I think he's going to start a couple of games this year for Cleveland because he's in year three of that system with Kevin Stefanski. He knows all the lingo, the terminology. Obviously, he knows the guys. I mean, the guys, I'm sure, have mixed opinions on him. But with Deshaun Watson, I mean, I would be – he's going to get suspended, right? Yes. With that with that suspension looming, you have to keep him because even if Baker's worth – we'll say a third round pick of a 38 year old Matt Ryan received a third round pick. Then I think a 20, whatever your six year old Baker Mayfield, even with the questions would be worth a third round pick. And especially with what Sam Darnold got last year, I think you'd get at least a third, but having all that leverage gone out of the way, that's now probably a seven just because it's like, Oh, you guys can't do anything here. Take this, take this seventh, just because it's better than getting than just straight up releasing him. So I think Baker's going to stay a Brown and honestly start a couple of games in 2022. And for the 49ers, a lot different of a situation because they traded three first round picks for an unknown where with Deshaun, he's played at a high level, not, not necessarily MVP level, but he's played at a high level for a quarterback with Trey Lance. You know, you traded your future. Like you gave up everything for this kid to be good. And if he goes out, has a couple of mistakes like young quarterbacks do. I mean, hell, we saw Trevor Lawrence have mistakes and a lot of them last year, despite being like the chosen one or whatever he was called. Then the crowd is just going to clamor to put Jimmy in every single time. And it's going to be a lot like a Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts situation, even though the young guy would be making the mistakes versus Carson Wentz. It's, I think the 49ers, even if they lose on a trade, and I think, by the way, as the days go on, any trades you would receive are going to lessen and lessen. Even if you have to trade them to Carolina for a seventh, if they take the money, I don't know their exact cap situation off my head. I know they're paying like $20 million to Darnold. But if they take the money and a seventh, I mean, you have to, right? Like you can't keep him around just because of the looming 
mistakes that Trey Lance will inevitably make as a 23-year-old or 22-year-old quarterback transitioning to the NFL as a full-time starter. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. It's just a, it's just a crazy situation. I just wanted to make sure I asked you so I can make sure I don't I didn't sound uh too crazy when when I but you was thinking what I was thinking. Um, you got any more questions, Scott? No, that's it. No, you good. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Thank you for joining us, Garrett. It's all it's it's a pleasure to to have you on again. Um, I know we on episode one ninety five. We hoping to have you on for the special episode the two hundred. Um, it would really be an honor. Um, but the, I know, I know you have lost your, uh, your, your other Twitter. Um, not gonna speak too much on that, but if you would, could you let, let the people know where they can uh, find you at? Absolutely. The, the Twitter is, I just go by my name on Twitter. My name's Garrett and it's at F ball analysis, YT and, uh, football analysis on YouTube. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. We, we appreciate having you on and, just like I said, we we plan on having you back on soon, man. Um, and also and also make sure you get his followers back up. Make sure we going we gonna make sure we get his followers back up. But that's it for the episode. Um, make sure you follow myself and Kyle on Twitter, Just Fans Podcast. You know we do this for y'all every week. Until next week, we take a flight. <laughs>